Today's guest is Porik O'Hora. Porik O'Hora is a standout player for the Mayo football squad, making his debut earlier last year. Um, he has been a phenomenal asset to them, um, but he is probably um, known to most people currently, or from the last few weeks anyway, as number 23 from Ultimate Hell Week. So Porik O'Hora uh, went through Ultimate Hell Week. He was one of the few survivors in it. And I'm really looking forward to sort of digging deep into his mindset and to what makes him tick. We're going to talk all things mindset, goal related. We're going to talk about his daily work, which is with Western Care. He's done so much charitable work. And I've had the pleasure of rolling with him on the mats um, in our jiu-jitsu club as well. So this guy is an absolute beast. It's going to be very interesting to chat to him, and I'm looking forward to it. So if you have any questions, get them ready, and we'll, uh, we'll try and veer towards them at the end of this. Okay, so I'm just going to add Pork in now. I see he's on there. Let's get him in here. What's the crack? All right, Pork, what's the story, dude? All good now, yourself? Ah, not bad, not bad. Good to see you. Thanks a million for coming on board. No bother. Um, so, yeah, I just uh, I gave you a little intro there. Can you tell anyone that doesn't? I'm sure everyone that's jumping on, we've got some uh, viewers coming on board here. Everyone knows who you are, but can you give a, elaborate a little bit more, tell them a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, sound. Um, so, uh, playing with Mayo at the moment, obviously, like you mentioned, um, we're obviously in a bit of a standstill at the moment. Um, so work-related, uh, social care with Western Care. Uh, we're busy, busy at the moment, and will be uh, for the for the remainder, I'd say, of the year. Uh, but it's going really, really well. And um, like you mentioned there, doing a bit of jiu-jitsu, bits and pieces with you guys. Yeah. And like most people know me, 23. <laughs> I don't like to say yeah. that, Recently, everyone has been there. Uh, yeah. seem, seems to be the case now, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Let's talk, if it's okay, can we start off with uh, talking about maybe your football and career, how you got into that? And we, we quite a few questions. You've had a phenomenal career up to now, and with me, you've shown really amazing there, and you've become very known as a fantastic footballer on the field. So um, let's talk about your debut. I know you made it quite a few years ago, but in reality, like it's, you're at 26 now. This is in the last few months is when you've made your uh, major mark for the, for the Mayo squad. So let's talk a little bit about Yeah, sorry. The audio's not great there at the moment. No. Uh, but I get the general gist. Um, yeah, so football-wise, look, I've always, always played football from day one. Um, even when I was a wee kid in London, played football, came over here and played in the Stephen Knights, obviously, super club, probably the best in my own. <laughs> and um, I've always, always been tipping away and I kind of came to a bit of a standstill about three years ago. Um, just kind of fell out of love with the game a little bit and... Um, just wanted to tip away and maybe try something different. And uh, actually came up to you guys in the gym and uh, joined the jiu-jitsu and done a bit of striking with the guys and um, just really enjoyed uh, that bit of time away and, you know, just a change of mindset. I learned a lot of things, different different aspects of sport and 
asked a few questions of myself, which was great, trained in different ways, even away from that, like long distance running, a few other bits and pieces, and um, came back to football then, and things went really, really well with the club, which was great, and I kind of fitted in really well, and then just got a chance with uh, James Horn this year. Didn't expect to get it, but did, and um, I've just been enjoying it ever since. It's, it's just a class place to be. It's exactly what I want to be at. And as we said, you really made your mark this year. Um, definitely a, a, like a force to be reckoned with. Um, would you mind, what was the difference between, because you made your debut a couple of years ago, isn't that correct? Yeah, 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 I was in for a little while. Yeah, and you went back at 26 years of age. What difference is the game in Mayo and in yourself when you, when you uh, went back to it this year? Um, I, uh, I don't think I applied myself correctly uh, initially when I first got into Mayo um, like I was giving it my all but I was just in a different place I suppose the last couple of years has kind of helped me grow an awful lot through work and through life just in general and things have you know your, your mindset changes you look at things a different way and you start maybe working on yourself in different aspects and the last couple of years has kind of come together for me and kind of culminated in I suppose Hell Week and, and the Mayo football this year and um, just asking more of myself the last while, you know, training harder, just giving, giving a lot more to everything I do. Yeah, excellent. And do you think then that that maturity and that experience that, I suppose, over the last couple of years and, and, and sort of delving into different uh, sports and trying different things, did that help you um, transition or, or go back when you, when you decided to make the transition back into, uh, into football and into club and, and county level? I think it was just a great uh, way to tease the mind. Um, Jiu-jitsu, especially, like, there's so much to learn. It's unbelievable. And when there's such an amount that you can, you know, keep learning day in, day out, it's it's very addictive, like. Yeah. So I kind of just fell in love with it, really, for a while. And you learn an awful lot, I suppose, about yourself. And I just started adapting training. And because I had the free time, train the way I wanted to train and enjoyed it, you know? Yeah. And I think doing that, I learned a lot about how my body works, how my mind works, what I can ask of it. And uh, when I brought that back to football, it just seemed to fall into place. Yeah, class. Uh, it's, look, it's no secret that you've got a, a very strong mindset. I think the nation observed that <laughs> the last couple of um, How over the years have you built... <laughs> worked on a little bit more but I mean you're quite successful um in the in the pods up until a number of years ago as well you did get that call up a few years ago so you obviously had you know you were able to still push yourself quite hard how has that expanded recently and how have you um I suppose gotten to that next level and um like what tools and strategies are in your arsenal in order to um strengthen that mindset and, and that mentality um an awful lot of different bits and pieces. Like I said, kind of really finding out about yourself and doing your own training and seeing what works in your own food and, you know, just testing and trialing different things, trying to expand on what you do. And, like, attacking your weaknesses would be a lot of what I do. Like, we always kind of fall back into what we're good at. But I think if we spend a bit more time working on our weaknesses, it's much more beneficial. Uh, and mindset-wise, like, I really stuck on the the whole why aspect. Like, it was a big thing with Hell Week. Uh, it's a big thing with everything you do, I suppose. And uh, me and another lad, 23, uh, 13, Nile, we, we talked about it quite a lot. And 
if your why is strong enough, whatever you're doing, you, you'll you'll exceed. Like you'll you'll push yourself a lot further than if you don't have that that real why. Why am I at this? Why am I doing it? Yeah, I'm glad you touched on everybody have spoken to today. I think we, we've had quite a few and, and some great athletes and people on board here chatting about mindset and different things. And that's been we we've spoken about that so often about having your why and your goal and and if it's strong enough. That sort of pushes you to achieve a lot more. Um, so I suppose, what, what is your, what, what's gotten you to this point? Why have you the way you have, especially like most recently, you've getting on the Mayo football, going back into club level, um, going through hell week, like you've had a, a whirlwind couple of months. Like what's been, what's deep down, what's pushed you to that? Um, I think a number of different bits and pieces. Um Definitely one would be work. It really has, like, I've become an awful lot more grateful for everything I have. Um, and, you know, I've just seen a different side of life, I suppose, and just respecting the small things. It's been massive for me. Um, I've also got two kids at home, which is just, it's an unbelievable power over you to, you know, to, to try and achieve and try and do something and, and set the standards for them. So that's been a huge why for me. And then just generally um, wanting to wanting to push myself for others, really. It's been kind of a big part of what we're doing, like the just the general community. Like I've really bought into it over the last couple of years where as it would have been kind of disconnected prior to then. So lately, you know, we've been doing fundraisers. I've worked with so many different people on so many lovely little projects and with the club. Like the club have always stood by me so well. And I've just you know, connected with the community an awful lot more. So especially when you're doing Hell Week or you're fortunate enough to put on a green and red jersey for this county, you get the power from the people of the county and your community in general. Like, I found that a huge, huge benefit. Yeah. You can notice that throughout with this pandemic and everything that's happening. One of the, one of the, the I suppose, the, I shouldn't say, but the highlights for me, I know we're all isolated and that, but you can see how... As you said, the community in general have become very disconnected over the past while. Here's the together now. There's a huge message in that with everybody staying in and staying at home, doing what they're supposed to do. But people are calling their families and people are trying to help their neighbours and help the elderly. And like you, you deal with that firsthand in Western care um, and with the charitable work that's done, um, which, is, which is absolutely fantastic. Yeah, we, we see a lot of it. And do you know what? There is, I, I 100% agree with you. I know it's a tough time at the moment, but there's been an awful lot of great, great stuff and huge show of community lately. It's been sensational. Uh, that Do It For Dan was on yesterday for that young lad in uh, down in Offaly. And like, it was unbelievable. Leash, apologies. Um, it was amazing to see so many people pulling together from the GAA community, from the wider community, just you know, to, to show and do their little bit and donate if they can or whatever it is. And there's so many people running lovely little fundraisers at the moment for really worthy causes, be it frontline staff, be it whatever, Western Care, like all of these places are frontline staff and um, working hard at the moment to try and keep people safe. And any little fundraiser that people are doing, it's, it's a lovely show. And, and the donations people are giving too, is, it's sensational to see. Such a, we, we live in some country, like it's great to see. Yeah, that's for sure. And definitely that is one of the big positives that's come out of now. Like everybody has some sort of charity or something close to their hearts 
And as you said, to see so many people trying to help these charities and fundraisers and just help each other has just been phenomenal and is definitely a big takeaway from this for me. Like we could focus all day on the negatives and the numbers and all that sort of thing. But to see that for me, that's, that's what winning. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's keeping things strong because there is a lot of negative con like, content out there at the moment and you just try and avoid it. There's some great, great stuff going on. Some great, great people doing it. Yeah. You, uh, you mentioned, I'm going to double back a little bit, apologies, but you mentioned about just um, everybody seems to work on their strengths and it's definitely a point I'd like to, I'd like to dig a little deeper into. You said about, uh, about working on your weakness. Um, often we do hear people saying about, yeah, go back to your strengths, be good at one thing and, and focus on that. Whereas you listen to David Goggins or some of these guys, another guy that's gone through, I think, Navy SEALs, David Goggins, but he mentions tripling down on your weaknesses and bringing them up to par. And that's really what makes you, when it comes to your mindset, helps you strengthen that mindset. And is that sort of what you've, you've been talking about and what you've A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly that. Um, there was a guy on the course with us, number 27, Joe Redmond, and his, you probably remember his backstory. Look, he's just this amazing, amazing guy. Delighted to have him as a friend now. And um, he, we, we spoke at length about it. And it's just, we kind of came down to the chinks in your armor, essentially. And in Hell Week, like they kind of test every little bit of what you are and who you are and your mentality and everything. They, they, they go for everything. And uh, we all have chinks. And it's just until they're uncovered. So we were talking about just doubling down on your weaknesses at all times and just working hard on Because it's much more valuable to you than just keep working on what you're good at. Like, Yeah. And you start to build a tolerance, I think, for that sort of pain. And that pain barrier, the line, sort of their comfort zone seems to stretch out a little bit. You start to realize, I think, that you become capable of more. And with that, your confidence starts to grow and you start to achieve more. Well, even just from that Hell Week experience, like when you do things uh, like that and you go go through that, it's it's funny because it pushes you well, well out of your comfort zone, somewhere you've never, never been before. It makes you question your comfort zone beforehand, you know, that kind of way. It's, it's nuts. So when you go to that level, I think you can kind of try and bring that to everything you're doing in life. I think we genuinely are selling ourselves short. I think we think we're out of our comfort zone and we're nowhere near it. Because I got pushed well, well out of it uh, at Hell Week. I still can't replicate that. But. Yeah, Dave, David Goggins describes it as those who survive Hell Week are forever changed. Yeah, um, 100%. Yeah. Uh, no, it was, look, I suppose, move, moving on into, into that. And, uh, like, what drove you towards... You're obviously a high achiever for yourself. Like, the, the things you've done in the past, why, why was that... What was drawing you to to apply to to do Hell Week? Um, my brother's in the military, uh, my younger brother, and he's been tipping away doing some amazing stuff and turned into a, a freak of an athlete. And he's bigger and stronger than I am. And when I seen this, it kind of was like maybe this is something I can kind of can go for. So a little bit of that drew me in because I wondered would I have been capable of it if I kind of gave it a go when I was younger. And um, it was just a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, really. And I wanted to see how bad, how, how bad it got. Um, I, just, I, I, I did believe I could get to the end of it, but you question it the whole way through. So 
from the start to finish, it was it was just nuts. It was absolutely nuts. No other way to describe it. When, when did it kick in? I was glued to it every Monday, like and, and the first moment when yeah. we got off, when they told us to get off the bus, we thought it was going to be maybe like a wee induction or I don't know something. You know yourself, like I don't know what I expected, but get off the fucking bus. <laughs> and away we went. It was nuts. It was so, you were taken in by it. You, you forgot about the cameras nearly instantly. It was gone. It was just so surreal. Yeah. I, I read one of them, because what we see, I presume there's a, a hell of a lot more as well. We're watching maybe an hour every Monday for a couple of mm. weeks. Like you're in there and you're in your mix for a full seven days and it doesn't stop. And I think it was an interview you did with the 42 or with one of those. You said that you maybe got between five and eight hours sleep in the entire week or something. Like, yeah, I think it worked out at like 13 and a half hours over seven nights or something. Yeah, yeah. So when did the exhaustion of, I don't even know if exhaustion is a word, but it is now. When did that sort of, <laughs> when did that sort of state kick in for you? Because... Like everybody has a little bit of, you know, you might get through a day or two and you see when, when watching the show, you could see people starting to tire and, you know, they handed in their armbands and then mm. level and the next wave of people. When did it really, really hit you that, oh, fuck, like this is, this is really challenging me and, and, and that you felt you were at your limits and you had to dig into the sort of darkness and, and, and pull something else out of the bag to keep you going? It um, it happened to me early enough, actually, on the log PT. Like, I really struggled. I thought I was done. And uh, it was only four. I looked over at one of the people in our group, and I seen the pain they were going through. I kept tipping away, but it was the first time I was kind of already out of it, thinking this is going to be a bit too much. And um, from there on in, it got where well, I think that was only day two. But, um, geez, I'll never forget the incident in the quarry and, and just going through that night navigation afterwards. Like, I was just... I was barely conscious. It was, it was unreal. Like you're just completely done and dusted, but you pull it out of the bag there. That was just, I couldn't let my kids see me quit. You know, I couldn't let everybody down, get this far and then just give in. So there was a lot of moments. There was a good three or four moments where I was shaky. <laughs> so was that the fuel in that moment that sort of made you here and keep going. I mean, was it was it day four? Was it day four? You got pneumonia, um, and I've experienced pneumonia as well, and and, and that feeling when when I went traveling last year, um, I, I I end up getting pneumonia. That's a difficult thing to overcome. You know I mean, mentally and physically, your body is completely shot, and sure in your mind you were sort of thinking, "What am I doing here?" And it's so easy for you just to hand your armband off and quit. What was the fuel right there? Was it thinking about your family or was it like, was it more personal? Was it just something inside? Like what, what, what drove you on? At that moment, I got hypothermia and I was just kind of sitting in it for a, a while. And um, was, it was a couple of hours in the quarry really struggling with it. And at that stage, I didn't need any fuel because I was struggling just to stay there. So I wasn't thinking about it. Um, and I got through that. When I seen the water on the other side of the tunnel now, it shook me a bit, but I just said, go through it, go. Just give it everything you have, get through it, and you'll warm up on the other side. Um, but um, the sensory deprivation at the end, that was where you were really, really trying to clutch at straws and keep your head straight. And Because you've done so much at that stage. Every day, 
you start to feel like you've done enough. You know, on day six and seven, you're like, you know what, I've done myself proud. And and it starts to trickle in that kind of, ah, just give up. You know, you're, you've, you've done it. So Already. in the last stages, it, you're really holding on to, to again, back to the, the kind of kids and the just general community. I just wanted to do it for everybody. I knew so many people were going to see it. I know a lot of people can take something from it. And um, that was enough to get by. It was great in that quarry scene. It was great to see sort of the other guys come around you and try and show support. And a part where they were standing around you trying to help warm you up and warm each other up. And like to see everyone coming together and, and sort of helping as a team, even though it's obviously quite individual, only you can do it by yourself really. But like everyone was trying to show you that added support and push you on. Like That, um, that happened from day one. Like, that was a team effort, 100%. That whole week was a team effort. If any three people went to do that as a three, they wouldn't finish it. No way. You needed all the, like, so many people put in amazing shifts at different times to carry us, you know? And uh, it was kind of just, it was amazing to be finishing it, but it was a huge team effort, you know? Um, you could see that the whole way through the week, there was different, many a moment where somebody carried it for somebody else. Yeah. And um, like Dan, number seven, who was probably the strongest out of the four of us, uh, you'll remember him. He carried us through the night navigation. Like I was wobbling at the back, stumbling along, just, you know, I was nearly a burden at that stage. I was that bad. And he was just carrying us through that mission. And then when it came to the, the sensory deprivation, he crumbled. And it could have been from just, he would have put in so much energy into that whole expedition, whereas we, we, we didn't so... Everybody played their part like everybody put in a serious shift. Uh, it was a great team effort. It was a, hu a really, really gr good group, great group of people. And when you started to see, as you're saying, you're talking team there, and when you started to see, presumably you make friendships over the week and you become quite close to some of those, and some of them have to leave or some of them don't get quite as far. So um, what did that sort of you confidence as you saw, you know, okay, that guy is after having to, and that girl is after having to pull out. What was the feelings going through your mind when you when you saw that happening? Did it, did you ever think, oh Jesus, am I next? Or like, what was going through your mind? No, I just wanted everybody to stay. You know, you get very close, especially when it gets whittled down quickly. We're at twelve there fairly fast, and after that, you're very very close to the people. You're going through a whole load of torture daily with them. It just bonds friendships. And the reason they're there says a lot about their character too, regardless of how they do, whether they're gone on day one or day seven. A lot is said about just signing up and going through the process and, and putting yourself out there. Um, it's a difficult thing to do. So you have an automatic respect for everybody in there. And the friendships that grew from it are probably the best best part of the whole, uh, the whole experience. Class. Class. What was the... Done it there, but what was the actual? What was the application process like? It was heavy. It was heavy. Um, you fill out a form that it take you a week. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you have to. You have to provide enough, kind of of yourself, for them. They want to know quite a lot. Everything is under non-disclosure and it's well taken care of. Um, but you have to make the application. Talk about your fears and you know personal experiences and stuff like that um, and then you go up for a fitness test I think there was about 800 applicants or something that there and they take 100 for a fitness test 
uh, you go up and you do that and a camera interview at the same time just to kind of talk to you and find out who you are. Uh, fitness test was just kind of your basic push-up, pull-ups, running, bits and pieces. Um, and then they you go through a psychologist um, to make sure everything is okay there. And I think there's another trip up to Dublin then for a basic brief and then you're in, but there, it, it's a long enough process. Yeah. Presumably, uh, we have a question coming through here. Did you enjoy it and would you do it again? Um, uh, presumably, you got a lot out of that. And as we said, like it changes you forever going forward. And as you said, it even says a lot about the person's character and the other guys that were in there and on that team that, that did it as well. If you were to go back, preparation-wise, what, what prep could you do? And like how, if you'd done it a second time, what, what do you think would happen? Um, I would have done a lot more physical prep. Yeah. Um, I listened to uh, um, a couple of the guys that went in there and their prep was, was much better. It was much better, especially uh, Niall, the guy that finished number 13. Yeah. Um, like his prep was just phenomenal. He's, a, he's an instructor himself, a boxing coach, and he, he really knows his stuff. He came in really well, uh, really well versed. So did Dan, number seven. So did plenty. Um, so I, would, I, I, I suppose I would have put in a bit more of the, the hiking with the bag, the weight. Um, when you put 20, 30 kilos on your back, it's, it's a different ball game uh, and you're tired already from other bits and pieces. So I would have done a lot more hiking uh, with the bag. Um, mentally was where I kind of put the graft in uh, and put the work in and kind of ran through all the experiences and thought about it. Um, and my administration was, was very good. Uh, constantly keep myself in order. I was terrified of getting cold. Because I was going to get cold anyway, and there was no avoiding that. I struggled with it anyway, so I always made sure I had my gear ready and that I could be as warm as quick as possible. So different bits and pieces like that. Again, knowing your weaknesses, I knew I was going to get cold and I was going to struggle with it. So I made sure my gear was there at all times to kind of try and fight it as best as I could. Yes. Yeah, so uh, would I do it again? I don't think so. <laughs> it was it was great experience. But I don't know if I'd do it again. It was it was heavy. Yeah, yeah. You've achieved it. It's done. On to the next thing, sort of. Yeah. yeah. So you you had quite a strategic approach then there, as you said, you'd have your gear ready, to jump straight into your gear, and you could get warm and so on and so forth. Um, you've mentioned quite a few things there, which I'm going to address. Um, what about visualization? Was that something that sort of visualization and positive affirmations throughout the week to? like visualize the end point and getting over each obstacle along the way along with a strategic plan was that all included there um i actually don't use visualization a whole while to be honest yeah. um i'd be kind of the other way around i would have spent my bit of time uh with the slow breathing and meditation at the end of the evenings uh I do it all the time and i've done it through hell week and that's kind of that's the kind of bit that gets me by. Um, I like to just kind of address the day as it went, how I done, and kind of put it to rest, give a brief thought about tomorrow, and then just take a bit of time to relax, compose, and kind of reset myself, get ready to go again. Cool. The filming for it was, correct and saying was last November, is that right? Yeah, it was the first week in November. So I can only imagine what that water was like. <sighs> it's Baltic. 
I hate quarries. Absolutely hate quarries. The coldest place in the world. Yeah. yeah. Would you have been comfortable with water before that? I mean, it's difficult when there's, a, there's a, another scene where you and your team are lying on the beach on your back and the, the waves are coming in yeah. over. In that, probably like low, you know, three, four degree and water coming in. Like, it, it must have been surreal. I don't mind the water. Uh, lucky enough with fears, like the heights didn't bother me. Jumping into water, not too concerned by it at all. And um, when they when they tie their hands and feet, you now that it just it clicks with you in your head. It's it's a tough one now to pull off that. Yeah. Uh, but in general, the claustrophobia test, all of them bits and pieces, I don't have any major fears, which was very beneficial. Yeah, good stuff. And what the what was the biggest, if you were to, to pinpoint one? It didn't bother me jumping into water, not too concerned by it at all. And um, when they when they tie their hands and feet, you now that it just it clicks with you in your head. It's it's a tough one now to pull off that. Yeah. Uh, but in general, the claustrophobia test, all of them bits and pieces, I don't have any major fears, which was very beneficial. Yeah, good stuff. And what the. What was the biggest, if you were to, to pinpoint one sort of obstacle or challenge that you faced, what was the biggest challenge for you there? Um, it wasn't at the time, but now I know what it is. I don't think I'd do the gas again. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was, it was horrific. The only reason I didn't quit then was because you were too concerned with your mortality. Like, it, it just consumes you. It was awful tough. Yeah, it was. I, don't, I, I think now if I if I done Hell Week now, and they brought us to the gas, I because I know what it's like now. I don't know if I'd do it again. Oh, okay. And didn't enjoy that one. You not claustrophobic at all, like seeing no. you know when they had the hole dug in the ground, and I, you're not knowing what to. <laughs> they stuck you down there, like that. Look, you seem to really manage that so well, like in comparison to some of the others. Deep breathing. Yeah. Deep breathing, cold water. Yeah. Nothing, there's nothing else you can do there you just have to wait it out you know what it is you just got to take a bit of power relax and enjoy it yeah yeah how do you stay whether it be be it mayo be it your daily job be it be it hell week anthony do like how do you stay calm and collected you could see um you could see week on uh, week in week out like that you were very much so able to sort of pull it back and <laughs> even in these extreme conditions like what goes how are you able to take away that pain and sort of think logically and say okay calm yourself collect yourself relax just again working on yourself like I've become quite comfortable in it and I try with everything I do now is to kind of push myself out of my comfort zone and since then you know you, you push it further and further and further and you just as well stay relaxed and composed there's no, there's no need to panic in any of the situations. You're fortunate enough to be in them. Even doing Hell Week at times, you know, I could bring myself back and say, I'm fortunate enough to be here. Like every time you even go up and train in McHale Park, you say to yourself going in, I'm so fortunate to, to be in this position. You know, you've got nothing to complain about. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You're, we're very, very fortunate to be in the position we are. And I'm just grateful for that. That gets me by. You don't have to do it. You get to do it. I think you that's get to do it. Yeah, yeah 100%. I, that, that is my rhetoric, like it is, always. What's your training look 
now because it is tough for people like again it's tough but it's not impossible and i really want to highlight that point like um like what are you doing at the minute in order to stay mentally on, uh, and focused and physically on points like what's your training and your daily routines what do they look like um we still have a set routine that you'd have set up your basic strength and conditioning and stuff that you can do at home like you said just because we're in the situation we are now you can still train uh, you can still tip away um i'm doing a lot of running at the moment enjoying it and um because we've got the bit of time i suppose looking to just train a little bit differently at the moment so i'm running through different classes be tipping away at yoga i'd be on your kind of the gym classes the guys everybody's putting up some amazing content uh my brother sends me across some crossfit stuff there's some good sessions and that like people of the the health and fitness industry should be you know very proud of themselves at the moment like they put up everybody included as you know they're pumping out their content there free of charge just to keep people ticking at home which is great to see like and there's loads to kind of just tip and test and try at the moment and you know it's all beneficial do some good stuff and just mix it up and enjoy it a bit yeah 100% again it's just about trying to pull yourself back from the tv and from looking at all these like when you're when you're sourcing your information maybe yeah once or twice a day check out numbers and things like that but then try and pull yourself away set up a plan for the day and do something that's going to feed you physically and mentally i've been looking out um i'm i'm at home quite a lot obviously <laughs> no more than everybody else but i'm looking outside today everybody painting their walls people going for walks they're all keeping within their distance but you can see they're really it's just it's very uplifting yeah it's great thanks to the sunshine like we need it it's great everybody is just out tipping away you know even though we are in the situation we're in there's a lot of positives there are a lot of positives coming through hopefully everybody stays healthy and i know we have to deal with that side of it but people seem to be taking care of themselves and i do wonder you know with things slowing down maybe people are enjoying life a little bit more they're out of the rat race some people yeah. would be you know they've got kids at home they've got to go to the babysitter got to go to work come home get them come back or train and running and racing and, and maybe people aren't doing so much of it now they kind of getting to enjoy life a little bit go out with your loved ones you know it's a lovely time to be tipping away it really is yeah it's class as you mentioned like the, the sun we're absolutely blessed with the sun at the minute we don't blessed. we don't normally get this weather and to have the time as well to actually enjoy this like it really is like it it's a huge positive yeah yeah there are there are positives to it i know it's going to be tough on a whole but look we focus on the positives and it'll go an awful lot sweeter exactly exactly and you've mentioned your your training there and you've had to adapt it which is great like you may not be able to step on the field and you know, work with the rest of your team but you can work on mobility yoga you you know do crossfit you can you can jump on as you said on the different pages that are offered and there's so many out there these hit class and things like that online so you've got lots of options like there's loads there's loads to do there's yeah. more than usual you know and uh you can go and try anything if you're enjoying training does it really matter what it is you know it's all going the one direction you know if you're looking after yourself just enjoy it you'll do an awful lot more if you enjoy it too Yeah. I think sometimes people forget why they got into a particular form of training. And and usually it's like if if you're doing it as like you're yourself with football, you said you absolutely loved when you went you maybe fell out of love with it for a little bit of for a little bit of time, but when you went back to it, you found that love again. And it didn't become a chore going to train. It was just I get to do this. This is fantastic and you love what you're doing. And if you love what you're doing, 
it's it's not going to be difficult to continue to do it. Not at all. We're absolutely, like I said, we're just grateful to be in the position to do it. Yeah. So fortunate. Let's let's talk Western Care. You, you, you're a carer for Western Care. You've, you've done so many charitable things for them. And I know you had a couple of discos on for the guys. And, and you know, what, what drew you to that? I'm sure it's a fantastic feeling working with these guys day in, day out. And um, tell me a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so I was just tipping away and um, a mate of mine kind of got me into Western Care. And um, I really kind of, I, I was interested in it before I left school and I just never really pursued it. So when I got the opportunity, I, uh, I took it. And from there on, I kind of just, I experienced so many things from so many different wonderful people. They're just, you know, it's, it's incredibly eye-opening. People see things completely differently to you and there's a lot of aspects to life that you just, you know, you kind of buzz by and don't notice. And um, ever since then, I, I felt like I should kind of do a bit more in my role and see if I could, you know, improve the quality of life for, for a lot of people in our community. And there are so many people that live in our community with disabilities. And, you know, there's a lot of things they miss out on because of one thing or another and they don't get the opportunities that, that everybody else gets. So um, when I got a chance to work on different projects with a friend of mine, uh, the floor discos and stuff, we've just always kind of, try to bring something to our community to, to, to make it a bit more inclusive. Yeah, that's fantastic. Wise words, Park. Thanks a million. The, um, as you said, I'm sure, I, I'm, I suppose, uh, honoured as well to be able to, some of the guys would come into some of my early morning classes and that, and I was invited out to do a talk in, in Clooney um, just a, a couple of months ago. And to see how they live their life and how they love life and like they enjoy, and you've you've touched, you've hit the nail on on the head there. I think they're 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 not looking for like just happy with the small things. In yeah, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing to see see the world in a in a kind of different light, and you know to respect people and and the way they live. You know, we're all different. We all have different dreams. We have all have different hopes. You know, and we see the world completely differently. And it's just lovely. Ever since I've kind of been involved in Western care, I've just met so many kind-hearted, good people, you know, and maybe they express themselves differently, but like just absolute lifelong friends, you know. And that's service users, that staff. There's some just great, great people there. That's class. Big, big shout out to them guys for doing that work. And you're still obviously in the mix day to day. You're still working full time. Yeah, we're frontline staff, so we will be tipping away. Look, it's busy for us at the moment. Um, just strict with our guidelines, doing the best we can. We support a lot of vulnerable people. A lot of people would be have underlying health conditions, so we just need to be vigilant and um, do the best we can. Same as everybody else on the front line. Yeah, as you said, we're all in the same boat. Like we all have to be somewhat clued in just try and help each other in order to try and get over this pandemic and come out the other side stronger. 100%. Yeah. And there's so many people doing it, bits and pieces from people still doing bin collections there. We've got people in our shops. There's so many people keeping the place ticking. Fair play to them all. Yeah. Um, are you a big, um, well, I, I, I'm presumably you are, but let's talk about sort of goal setting and things like that. It's something I try and um, talk to my clients quite a bit. 
about because I feel have that goal or that or direction, it's difficult to stay on and, and like you said, do the things that you need to be doing every day in order to sort of stay healthy and, and to enjoy life and to make sure you're mentally on point and physically, you know, happy and healthy. Yeah, I think you just touched on the number one goal there, just to be happy and healthy. Yeah. You know, put that on the board before anything else because that's that's all you want. That's all we want in life. So that should be up on your goal board. Um, and from there, I suppose I just have my daily, um, my short term, my long term, really. Um, daily, obviously, be different for everybody. Um, but I just kind of want to make sure I push myself in some direction every day that I, I work hard on some aspect. It doesn't have to be the, the same all the time. I'm always kind of mixing up training. Yeah. So I always look to improve, like some people say, 1% every day. Um, but just in whatever whatever I fancy on the day or whatever I'm doing. Um, short term, then their personal goals, but I have them up, say, what I want to achieve in 2020. And uh, then a long-term goal, which I'd keep to myself. And it would just be... I think if you're if you're giving everything to something, you want to have a long-term goal, it takes a while to achieve. So I think that three or four-year goal down the line, like if you're talking about education, you're looking at the same. You know, if you want to go and do a degree, you're looking at three or four years. So I think you should have a long-term goal there too. Um, and that's all I'd have up on my board and just ready to go. Yeah, and it all goes back to why, doesn't it? Why, yeah. They don't want to touch on it again because I just keep speaking about it really. <laughs> That's it's the most important thing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you have a daily routine now at the minute? As I said, we said you're still working with Western, but you know, and that you focus on different aspects of your mental and physical ability daily. But do you have any sort of morning routine or anything like that that you try and adhere to in order to, I suppose, set yourself up for the day? Um. Yeah, I, I try and stretch a lot. Um be it in the morning or in the evening, uh, whenever the TV goes on, it's, you know, try not to sit on the couch. <laughs> be a big part of my daily routine. I just try my best not to sit on the couch at all times. Get down and stretch and move and do something. Um, I like to kind of run long distance, a kind of medium 5K-ish, and then your sprints separately every week, probably. Um, definitely a long distance, anything over 10 uh, a 5k and then maybe just sprints another day and then just skills really at home can't go anywhere really and do anything so you tipping away at skills pretty much every day i'm glad you touched on the stretching there as well i mean it's so vital for people especially at the minute because it's very easy to get into down watching tv and then your your body starts to become very tight your hip flexors things like that but you know, jump on, do an online yoga class every day if you don't like the So much of... stuff up there, yeah. So much to do. Yeah. Class, dude. So, look, information here, and you, you, you've dug deep, and I really appreciate it. Is there any, um, is there any part and wisdom that you'd, uh, you'd, you'd let our viewers know or anything that they can start doing daily for themselves in order to try and, I suppose, step it up a level for themselves? And... If I was to give any advice, it would be have that sit down and talk with yourself and find the why first. Find that and make sure it's true to yourself and, and it's strong. Set your goals, like you said, and just just go after it. I think... Definitely from the last experience of Hell Week and stuff, I think we're always selling ourselves short. I think our mind 
tells us we're, 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 we're done a long time before we actually are. So put up the goal, whatever it may be, and go and attack it. Class. Listen, Park, it's been great words of advice. And it's been fantastic watching you progress over the last couple of years and, and I suppose, hone your skills and then bring it to TV and getting through Hell Week and seeing your work as a Western Care and, and all your charitable work. Like, it, it absolutely class. Class. That's inspiring and I hope it's inspiring everyone else. Thanks very much. Like, I really appreciate that. And uh, like I said, it's just, it's the sense of community. It's doing it for everybody else and you'll go an awful lot further. Do you know what I mean? Get get tightly knitted in with the community there and do your bit and you'll see things go. It's great. It's great to be part of it. Yeah, deadly. There's been there's so many viewers on uh, uh, asking different questions and things as we sit here. I think we've we've gone through them. I've been, we have gone through most of them. Um, people up here showing messages, support. Here, uh, Redmond, one of your teammates from, from Hell Week, uh, Top Man Port. So. Mind you. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, yeah, listen, uh, thanks so much. Um, looking forward to seeing what's next for you. Um, hopefully the championship uh, goes ahead this year. Yeah. Again. yeah. Um, so, <sighs> we'll have to wait and see what comes of it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's football anyway. Yeah. It'll be back. That's for sure. We will get out of this at some point and hopefully everyone will be stronger and have learned a lot about themselves for there's a lot of time, a lot of opportunity to work on ourselves. That's for yeah, sure. Definitely. Opportunity is the word there. There's a lot of time to, to and, and you can be opportunistic in, in this period. So. Yeah, 100%. Park, you've been deadly. I really appreciate your time. We've went a little bit over, so thanks so no much. Um, I'll, I'll hope to see you on the map soon. Some of the guys are asking when you're coming back there. Now, I'd say we'll be a while, what it is, but and you've, I know you have a lot, a lot on your plate as it is. I'm itching. I'm absolutely itching. I uh, was speaking to Ray Moylet last week too. And, you know, there's so many different bits and pieces, especially at the moment you're running through. There's loads to do. I can't wait to get on the mats. Can't wait to get in the boxing ring, tip away, do a few different bits and pieces. But when the football comes around, that'll be whole hog. Of course, of course. Park, thanks, so, uh, thanks to everybody that's after, that joined us today. Um but yeah, that's that's we we I think we 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 leave it at that park if that's cool with you. Hundred percent, mate. Yeah, great chatting to you. Thank you everybody for tuning in. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, too. Talk to you soon. Take it easy. All right, guys. So huge thank you to Porrick there. Um, great getting the chat to him and seeing what makes Porrick tick. Um, he's had such a whirlwind couple of months. Um, so I'm definitely I'm going to listen back to that one because um. Some fantastic sort of nuggets of gold there and uh, gave us a real insight into, into Park's mind. So um, our next interview is going to be this coming Wednesday. Uh, really looking forward to this next one as well. So 3 p.m. Wednesday, uh, we've got former Irish international rugby player Sean O'Brien. Um, he's going to pop onto Instagram live with us at, sorry, 2 p.m. And, uh, and we're going to chat again, all things training, mindset, goal related. So if you do have any questions, send them through to me. I'll try and ask them and we'll try and answer them for you. Guys, you've been absolutely fantastic. Thanks for joining me today. And uh, I'll talk to you all soon. Enjoy the day.
All right, guys, that is a wrap on another episode. Thank you for joining me this week on the Gym and Tonic Podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.thegymballonat.ie, for more great content. Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or Stitcher, and you'll never miss another episode. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, I would really appreciate a five-star rating on iTunes, or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. If you liked this podcast, you might want to check out our social media platforms. On Instagram, at the underscore gym underscore balana, or on Facebook, at the gym balana. Be sure to tune in for next week's episode. That's it from me, Stephen, at the Gym and Tonic Podcast. And remember, this is what we do. Hello, podcast listeners. You're listening to the Gym and Tonic Podcast with myself, Stephen Geddes. We cover all topics, health, fitness, and wellness related. We talk to special guests and industry leaders and get them to share their stories and experiences along with sharing our own journey and thoughts of this industry. Most importantly, we love what we do and we invite you to share your thoughts on our social media platforms. Welcome to the podcast and I hope you enjoyed today's episode.